All of God's people said amen. That was a little weak. Come on now, on the count of three, I want you to shout it like you mean it. One, two, three. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. You know, sometimes I realize that in life we feel like that the world, and I don't mean this to sound condescending, it's just a reality. Sometimes we believe that the world somewhat revolves around us. If you have teenagers, say amen right there. But the reality is, is we are very small. In fact, we're so small that even in the planet Earth in which we live, we are not the center of that. And within the solar system, we're not the center of, of that as an Earth. And, and in the Milky Way galaxy and so forth and so on, as we span out, we are so insignificant. I want to tell you today that you're so small, you're so insignificant, yet God knows you by name. He knows everything about you. He knows every aspect of your life. He knows your hurts today. He knows your shortcomings. Yet he loves you. If you have your Bibles today, why don't you turn with me to Psalm 33. I want to read a passage of Scripture. Psalm 33, verses 6 through 9. Very powerful, powerful verses today. In 1968, in the month of December, Apollo 8 left planet Earth in Houston, Texas. Launched some 237,000 miles into space. Came into the moon's orbit about 37,000 miles above the moon and for the first time the astronauts Frank Borman, Jim Lovell and Bill Anders saw a bird's eye view just perhaps a glimpse of what God sees from his throne in heaven see he saw that day the splendor it wasn't even on the Mandex. It wasn't even a picture that they were thinking about taking, but on that morning at about 10.38 a.m., December the 24th, 1968, Apollo 8 crew made what was going to be its fourth revolution around the moon, and they saw the first ever Earth rise. They saw planet Earth in a way that it had never been seen before. They began to realize how small that they were, yet from a different perspective. But what you may not know and what you don't find in history books is that prompting of that moment of seeing the splendor and the awe of planet Earth in a way that they've never seen it before. Those guys that day, Frank Borman, the commander of Apollo 8, and, and Jim Lovell and Bill Anders fumbled around to find a 70 millimeter color film to take a snapshot of what you see behind me. For the first time, they realized how small they were. What was their response? I want you to check out this video, something you may have never heard before. We are now approaching uh, lunar sunrise, and uh, for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the Earth. And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. 
astronauts, well-esteemed among their peers, literally realized Genesis chapter 1 was what separated us from a holy God. In the beginning, God created. As God looked upon the spans of the deep, the darkness of the waters, He said, let there be light. And at 186,000 miles per second out of the mouth of God became stars and light in the sun. And it blew the minds of the people. The scientists today are still looking and trying to get their head around this. Was it a big bang? Was it some other? It was a big bang. It was a big bang and His name was God and He spoke so discreetly. But yet everything changed by the word of His mouth. The Bible says that the earth was framed by the word of God. When he comes back in the apocalypse, the unveiling, he's going to destroy the earth by the unveiling of his word. Guys, it's a big God that we serve. Psalms 33 says it this way. It says in verse 6, it says, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. Verse 7, he assigned the sea its boundaries and he locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Verse 8, let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. Let the whole earth fear, fear the Lord and stand in awe of Him. For when He spoke, watch this, for when He spoke, the world began. It appeared at His command. Ex nihilo, which literally means that out of nothing, God framed everything. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And the firmament speaks of His handiwork. Ephesians 10 says, you are his masterpiece, his handiwork. I want to take you today on a journey, a short journey, through some of God's handiwork to show you the literal transformation of this earth by a brush of God's hand to create some of the majesty of this world that declares the glory of God, undeniably speaks of a vastness. If we travel out to Utah, we see the Mesa Ark. This picture was taken by a man named Peter Carey who literally calls this the image of God's creation. As the sunrise climbs through the landscape of the Cannonlands National Park in the state of Utah, people gather by the masses to catch what Peter Carey caught that one day. As if you're looking through a screen of a movie, yet there are no cords, 
There's no lights other than that that Jesus has made. You travel from there to the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Queensland, Australia. The largest structure built by living organisms. The Great Barrier Reef is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. 2,900 separate reefs yet tied together, living and breathing and moving. It spans over 900 islands across the coast. 135,900 square miles of living, moving, breathing organisms. So we travel from there to the Grand Canyon in the state of Arizona. Scientists believe that this 277-mile stretch of canyon, 18 miles wide at its widest point, 6,395 feet deep, over a mile deep at its deepest crevice. They say over 2 billion years was carved out by the Colorado River. I say that it was carved out by a universal flood of subterranean waters bursting forth from the earth, the windows of the firmament opening from above, a flood that rained for continuously 40 days and took 341 days to, to rescind and go back. The highest of the highest mountain, 30,000 30, feet of water covered the entire earth. And it could have done this literally in a matter of less than one year. One also of the several natural wonders of the world as we travel to Niagara Falls. We see the largest continual flowing of water. 600 cubic feet of water per minute. 77,400 gallons per second. The pressure of the one of the three Horseshoe Falls, the biggest of the three on the Canadian side. The measure of the pressure of the water collapsing at the water beneath has been measured at 2,509 tons per square inch. It flows out of Lake Erie into Lake Ontario. It spans the United States and Buffalo, New York, Canada, and Ontario. Also one of the seven natural wonders of the world. Yet God just with his finger, small to God as we travel on. We go to the Denali State Park in the beautiful state of Alaska. This is called Wonder Lake. Wonder Lake because of its iconic view of two mountains, two tree lines, and two shorelines. Almost every morning the sun hits perfectly on what you see in the back, the tallest mountain in North America, Mount McKinley, at over 20,000 feet above sea level. The third tallest in the entire world. The first, of course, is Mount Everest. Denali National Park, people go there by the dozens just to see the reflection of God's glory. The firmament declaring His handiwork. In the same state in the Northern Hemisphere, Alaska, also Vancouver, British Columbia, also Norway, Iceland, Greenland. There's a phenomenon known as the Aurora Borealis. Latin word for northern lights. And as I look at that, it literally just blows me away. 
the phenomenon found in the northern lights is sent out by a storm of solar wind traveling over 1.4 million miles per hour away from the sun at 93 million miles away colliding with the earth's magnetic field slapping the rays of ionized particles charged with electricity of hydrogen and helium colliding with oxygen and forms this anomaly why, why? Why does that happen? Because here's the reality. If the earth were not an iron core and we were not traveling at a thousand miles per hour on a 24 degree axis producing a magnetic field, it would hit the earth and incinerate it in a matter of milliseconds. Yet God places all these things. Why does that happen? Why does that happen over and over through the winter months? Because God is declaring His glory. He's telling the world, I'm big, I'm huge, I'm vast, I'm majestic. You need to take note because there's something out there bigger than you. And through the northern lights, we see God's glory. I want to take you out a little further. It's some 239,000 miles away from where we sit today. See, you are not just in a a place of some 30,000 people, 2,900, 400 and something people, 29,400 something people in Thomas and Upson County and surrounding counties, there's more. You're not just a part of 318 million people in the United States. You're not even just a part of 7.1 billion people on planet Earth. You're a small speck in the middle of a vast world. You see the North American continent. You see the, the panhandle of Florida. You see Cuba. You see Jamaica. Some of the Caribbean islands. But you can't see Thomaston. You can't see this church. You can't see you because you're small and God is big. This is the world. The world literally. 71% of the earth today is covered in water. 57 million square miles is land. Of that, only 43% of it is habitable by man. It's turning on a thousand degree centrifugal force on a spiral. And it takes 23.56 minutes, 23 hours, 56 minutes, and 4 seconds to make one revolution, which we call a day. Thousand miles an hour, yet we feel nothing. That doesn't blow your mind. All the while that it's spinning at a thousand miles per hour, yet we feel nothing. No wind blowing today in our hair. Things are not flying off. The clothes on the clothesline are not even blowing in the wind because of that. Yet all the while, we are also orbiting a 600 million mile orbit around the sun at 66,000 miles per hour. And yet we feel nothing. It takes 365.24 days to make one revolution we call a year. And all the while that that's being done, God is just saying, that's me. I'm doing that. I'm holding it in place. It's been said by many, you may have heard it, that if the earth were to just screech 10 feet closer to the sun, that we would burn up. If we were to pull 10 feet further away, we would freeze. Well, in fact, that's not true. NASA scientists have proven that in the winter months, we're actually almost 3 million miles closer to the sun's surface. But because we're canted at almost a 24-degree axis, the sun is not hitting the earth in the same intensity that it is when we're 3 million miles further away during the summer. 
God has it all in his hand. And yet you feel nothing. Let's take a step and go a little further to the sun, 93 million miles away. The sun is literally one million times the size of earth. You want to do the math on that? You could fit 1.107 earths in the sphere of the sun. On the surface is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit at its coolest place, 14 million degrees Fahrenheit at its core. A blasting of energy so much so that the atom bombs that were dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, it would be like a million of those going off every single second in the core of the sun, producing an energy and a light and a warmth. We're so small. Go a little further out. This is the galaxy that you and I live in called the Milky Way galaxy. This can't be measured in miles. This can't be measured in kilometers. This has to be measured in light years. A light year, if, if light travels 186,000 miles per second, if you do the math, it would be 5.88 trillion miles that light would travel in a year, which is a light year. Our Milky Way galaxy is 100 million light years across at the longest point. And if you wanted to find, not the Earth, but if you just wanted to find the solar system that we're in from Pluto which has now been named a dwarf planet not even considered part of our solar system but it's the smallest Mars Venus Earth Neptune Saturn Uranus and Jupiter you can't even see the Earth in the Milky Way in fact we can't even find the solar system which actually is found down here in the southeastern quadrant of the Milky Way galaxy a hundred million light years across and if we wanted to put it in perspective I couldn't even take a needle and have someone stick it through the back of this screen on this big huge 15-foot screen the needle would not even represent the solar system in which you and I live it would be comparable to placing a quarter in the center of the North American continent in relation to our solar system to the Milky Way ga galaxy. You want to go further? Let's go a little further. 440 light years away. We come to the constellation called Pleiades. Some words have been tran transliterated as Pleiades. If you're a student of the Word of God, you've heard this before. God told Job after Job was tested in every way, lost his children, lost his wealth, lost everything that he had. And he came to a point where his wife said, curse this God that you serve and die. She was saying, kill yourself. And as he sat literally with boils all over his body, taking pottery and scratching the boils to relieve the itch and the pain. As he sat on that place and he became in a place of woe is me, God said, hey, can you hold Pleiades in your hand? Have you loosened the belt of Orion? In Isaiah, he speaks again of Pleiades and he tells through the prince of the prophets, Isaiah, he said, I can hold the oceans, plural, in my palm. And watch this. The universe, which we've not even talked about yet, is measured by the width of my four fingers. Who are you? Who are we? Let's go out to 695 light years away. 
This is a planetary nebula. It's actually not a planet at all. It's referred to as the Helix Nebula. Nebula. It's actually a star that is in the doxology of its life. This star formation of of electrical charged ionized gases produce a light much like the northern lights where hydrogen is splitting into helium and they're connecting and charging the air. This particular phenomenon is 14.77 trillion miles wide. And it's one star of the hundred billions of stars in our galaxy that's burning out. Scientists believe it's going to burn out in a very short time. They're estimating tens of thousands of years. Why do I show you this? Because scientists, scientists, scientists have called this the eye of God. Look at that. Why does God create something and also speak to the wisest man on planet earth through the Proverbs writer that my eyes are upon the world. I see it all. Not convinced. Look at this one. At some points in time in December, the colors change and you see literally what looks like an eyeball, a cornea, an iris, a pupil. All of it. What is God saying to us today? I'll tell you what He's saying to us. Mark, is this God's eye? It's not. But why did God, who created the human body, the eyeball, and made it look that way, and also says, oh, by the way, when I let this helix nebula burn out, I'm going to let it look just like my eye because I want the whole world to know that it's 695 light years away. I am watching the world. This is my place. This is my universe. And I'm a big God. Maybe we can go a little further. 31 million light years away. That's 31 million multiplied by 5.88 trillion. Do the math and you come up with a long way. This is known as the Whirlpool Galaxy. The darling of astronomy. The reason I choose this one is because... It is the only galaxy in the entire universe that sits perfectly perpendicular to the earth. Let's figure again. Remember how far we are. 31 million light years away. The Hubble telescope in 1992, and don't go there yet, captured an image of gases in the dark hole sphere of the Whirlpool galaxy full of 300 million billion stars I said that right 300 million billion stars perpendicular to the earth yet the Hubble telescope passed by one day just perfectly and lines up to the dark spot in the center of the whirlpool galaxy the darling of astronomy and it captured this image Mark is that is that the cross I mean, it actually looks like, actual image, by the way, from NASA's website, Hubble Telescope. Go look at it, check it out. Didn't touch it, untouched. But it looks like to me as if I were standing at the foot of the cross, looking up at my Savior, His head the cross spanning out. Why? Because the Bible says that He was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. In fact, I want to go one step further. I want to go even further. This place that we're about to go can't be measured in miles. 
can't be measured in light years it has to be measured in time and it's measured by eternity past check this one out the hope of the world is in finding out how small you are and how vast our God is that literally before he framed the world he had a plan of redemption before in Genesis 1 he said let there be light and 186,000 miles per second light formed out of the mouth of God and he spoke over the, the, the waters to separate the firmament from above and beneath he placed land masses 285 million square miles of land rose up the islands Set Mount Everest in place with his finger, 29,000 feet. He put the earth on an axis, spinning perfectly, but yet we're unaffected. And all of the wonder and all of the splendor culminates on the cross of Jesus Christ. Without the cross, we have no hope. But Mark, what about our military? God bless our military men and women that are fighting. But without the cross, we have no hope. Mark, what about the doctors and the physicians that we go to? Hey, you know what? The doctors and physicians and pharmacists and nurses, they're wonderful. Despite what the view thinks, nurses are off the chain. But check it out. They are not our hope. The cross is our hope. What about pastors? I mean, they come in. What about you, Mark? I mean, you know. You know, David said we're all not perfect, but what about you? You share. What about Billy Graham? We have no hope aside from the cross of Calvary finished when Jesus hung on the cross, a tree nonetheless that he created out of nothing, ex nihilo, and he finished the work. He ascended to the right hand of the Father to a place that's so far that we can't even measure. And he said, I am governing the affairs of my people. A sparrow cannot even fall to the ground without me knowing about it, allowing it, and ordaining it. Oh, by the way, guess what? All of the splendor that you've just seen, all the wonder of the firmament, that is not even his greatest creation. Watch this. This is the beauty of it all. This is the greatest of everything. You are His greatest creation. Do you know why? Because when He created man, He did something dramatically different. He didn't say, let there be man. He didn't say, let there be 270 bones in a child's body that later around age 30 fuses together and becomes 206 bones, 640 skeletal muscles, a, a gallon and a half of blood, average weight 172 pounds, 5 feet, 8 and a half inches tall, average lifespan 70.26 years. He didn't do all of that by saying, let there be. Oh, no, no, no. He did all of the splendor and the glory and the wonder of the entire world, the, the, the solar system, the Milky Way galaxy, uh, all of the stuff that you see and can't see in the known universe, not even mention the unknown universe, yet on the sixth day, he stopped everything and said hey you thought that was awesome you better check out what I'm about to do now I've just to create something in my image and my likeness and it's going to be great because I'm taking the time to put my hands upon what I'm about to do next and he created out of the dust of the earth man 
And he put his mouth to the nostril of Adam. God breathed life into me and into you. And we became a living soul. Yet I wonder if the psalmist literally nailed this one huge moment in time in Scripture when he said these words. And it's, it's all I can do to even speak these words. Who am I that he would be mindful of me? Who am I? Think about that for a minute. Because when you get in that place of feeling like you're nothing and you're nobody and you have no hope and marriage is crazy and I'm a single mom or my kids are acting crazy. I have no finances. I don't know what's going to happen in my job. I don't like that song they sing. I don't like Mark. I don't like this. I don't. Can I tell you something? Who are you that God would be mindful of you? I'll tell you who you are. You are His greatest creation. You and I, if listen, if we could function on half of the heartbeat of what the rest of the universe does, we would declare a glory that the whole world would long for like this world has never seen. See, the sun doesn't really come up. doesn't really rise and set. Oh, no, no, no. That is because we are turning our back on the sun. And as we come back, the sun never moved because God placed it there. The moon is not coming up. It's not sometimes cut in half. It's not sometimes a pie shape. There's no man in the moon. The reality is, is it's just doing what it was taught to do by the glory of God. The ocean. The waves break in almost the same place every time. Oh, but Mark, what about the tsunamis? Oh, I, you know what I think the tsunamis are? I think it's just God saying, world, you better wake up. Because I can, with my finger, I can stir a Category 5 tsunami, earthquake, tornado, hurricane, that'll blow your mind. Just to say, I'm still here. I'm God. Who am I that God would be mindful of me? The reality comes to full fruition in one verse. Zephaniah chapter 3. You see, God doesn't do this with the Grand Canyon. God doesn't do this with Niagara Falls or the Great Barrier Reef. God doesn't do this with the Aquarius constellation. God doesn't do this with the sun of the energy of a million atomic bombs per second. God doesn't do this with the darling of astronomy or the helix nebula. He doesn't do this with anything but you and me. The Lord your God is in the midst of thee. And He is mighty to save. Do I need to read that again? The Lord your God is in the midst of you. And he is mighty to save. And I love this. I want you to put your head around this last part of this verse. He will quiet over you with his love. And he will rejoice and sing over you with joy. Who am I? I am the greatest 
of all creations. Fearfully, wonderfully, intimately put together by the hand of a holy, big God. How how great is our God, really? When he created all these things, they sit in their exact place and do consistently over and over and over what they're supposed to do. Yet watch this. At the very beginning of time, I don't know how long it took, but in the very beginning of time, he created all things and he said, that's for you. Oh yeah, name the animals. Go over there and hang out with a lion. Don't worry about anything. You don't even have to wear clothes. And oh, if you want to work in the garden, you're not even going to sweat because all things that I've made are perfect. And guess what? You're perfect and you're going to live forever. But check it out. Do one thing for me, Adam. Don't touch don't look at don't pull from don't eat from that one tree over there the knowledge of good and evil what did man do what man has continued to perpetuate since the beginning of time we do the very thing that God says do not do and in that moment just like he told Eve in the moment that you eat of this tree you will surely die death entered in by one man named Adam but praise God glory to the Lamb of God by one man Jesus life entered in through the salvation even him unto death by the work of the cross the finished work ascended to heaven seated on the right hand of the Father who one day I will stand before him and he will say Mark you really messed up hey Mark you dropped the ball there hey Mark guess what I didn't like the way you said that he's going to say well done that good and faithful servant you're my bride come in and enjoy all that i prepared for you because the bible says let not your hearts be troubled you believe in god believe also in me jesus says in my father's house that's way out there that's further than anything you've seen or heard of tonight he said in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go jesus said to prepare a place for you and if i go i'll come again and i'll receive you into myself that where i am guess what you're going to be there also How do we get there, Thomas said. How do we know the way? I'm doubtful. I don't get it. I don't know if I need to be good. I don't know if I need to be right. I don't know if I need to do this. He says, oh, no, guess what? I've already handled that for you, too. All you got to do is step in to me, the finished work of salvation. And my righteousness is extended to you. And there you will be also. Why? Because I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. I'm a big God. And I've settled it all out. I've answered all of the world's question in one thing. And that is the word love. Do you know him today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Do you know him? If you don't, what are you waiting for? Today, right now, this moment, in the vastness of who God is, would you pray right now in the smallness of who you are? Pray this prayer in faith today. Say, dear God in heaven, I believe in Jesus Christ. I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart to forgive all of my sin. You see, sometimes that's hard for us to think that God could truly forgive us of our sin that we committed way back when and our failures. Oh, see, but God, He forgives you of your sin of yesterday, the sins today, and the sins you've even yet to commit because He paid for it in full. The debt that you and I owed with our life, He gave it on the cross through His own Son. And we became the righteousness of God. And continue to pray this. Say, Dear God in heaven, will you save me? Today, I ask you to be Lord over my life. Help me to live for you. Help me to do what you've created me to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed.